You may be seated. Can't blame Ryan for throwing me off. I've been off for a long time anyway, so I figured I'd say before you guys did. Kids, if you're 12 and under, you can head back to Camp Pointway. Um, they have a lesson back there planned for you, so head back that way. Wow, they got empty in a hurry. Wow, there's a lot of kids this morning. That's great. How many this morning were coming expecting to hear a Mother's Day message? You want to raise your hand? One, two, three, four. All right, oh, that's good. I'm only disappointed about four of you then, because I'm really not doing a Mother's Day message. There's a couple of reasons why I don't do those. One, it narrows the field. And uh, as a dad, I know exactly what happens. When I hear a Mother's Day message, I go, oh, good, this one's not for me. And, you know, no. and I didn't give you guys anything to help you, you know, calm your stomach. But you know, it, it eliminates a lot of folks. Um, and also, it's hard to do a, a targeted message. And uh, when you do only one group, inevitably, you hurt feelings or you, you know, there's a lot of emotions that go along with it. So anyways, those are all the reasons why I'm not doing a Mother's Day-specific message. Not that I, I don't appreciate celebrating Mother's Day. I do, certainly, and I'm thankful for all the mothers here. But we're going to do a message that hopefully will speak to all of us. And the title of today's message is, Let's Go Deeper. Let's Go Deeper. All right? And I'm doing something else that I normally don't do. I'm jumping in the middle Rachel's laughing at me already. I'm jumping in the middle of Ephesians, right? Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, right in the middle of it. Smack dab in the middle. Ephesians is one of my, one of the many favorite books of the Bible. I really do. I enjoy Ephesians. Ephesians um, is, is a good, solid book. Anyone remember what we did last summer and into the fall? What book of the Bible did we study? Corinthians, yeah. Good job, Ernie. Ernie remembered. It's pretty good. I like, like that. That's good. They're up here right in the front so I can hear them. Right? We spent a lot of time. Then I said, Corinthians, Paul wrote that letter to the, Corinth, the church in Corinth because there were a lot of problems. And I said, Phew, thankful I'm not the pastor of that church. Well, have you had Corinthians on this side? The church in Ephesus is on the other side. They're a church that's doing really well. It's pretty solid. They had some really good teachers. You know, Paul's uh, established it, but you know who else they had? They had another apostle. They had John there, and that very likely Peter passed through there. We don't know that for sure, but his journey would have taken him pretty close there, so we're probably pretty sure without much doubt that even he stopped by, but that was a solid church, and so Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus is much different than the one in Corinthians. One in Corinthians, you know, you went through it last summer with me and into the fall. It was kind of a bang, bang, bang. Hey, you're doing this wrong. You need to do this right. We're going to fix it. And here's how you fix it. Ephesians is totally different. The first three chapters of Ephesians is really solid doctrine. It goes deep. It, it lays out those foundational truths as believers in Christ. And it pulls back some of the layers and it, it puts it out there. The great thing is four on is all about how to put it into practice, which I love. You know, it's great to know the Bible, and it's great to know those truths, but then how do we apply it to our lives, right? Application, you know, it's great that it's there, but then what do we do with it from there? And so that's just a little bit of the background on, on Ephesians. Didn't go too deep this morning because we're going to do a one message off of that. Again, not my norm, but for this morning, for you folks, that's what we're going to do. So, that being said, chapter 3, verse 4. This is Paul's... Oh, man, these guys are good. I love it. 
This is Paul speaking to this church or the churches in that area. It says, in reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as has been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is through the gospel. The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together in one body, and sharers together in the promise of Christ Jesus. Paul uses this often, this, this word, and it, it, it's kind of interesting because it kind of draws you in, this mystery, right? And he talks about two mysteries here. And so there, there are two separate mysteries. Again, Paul's revealing things. And one of the things is, one of the great mysteries is the church, right? The church itself is a mystery, right? We were in Amos, right? There was no church in Amos, right? They had the temple, they had sacrifice, a lot of things in that, that Old Testament, right? And then Christ comes, dies on the cross, things change from that point on. There's no more sacrificial system. Christ died once and for all, the gospel. And so that mystery now is this church, church of believers. Believers can come together and gather together. You know, like Paul says, that's a great mystery. It's, it, it's a total change. Jokingly, as I was looking through commentaries this week, you know, if you're a dispensationalist, it's very easy because you put things in boxes and you just kind of jump along. If you're not, then it gets a little more complicated. Uh, I'm not sure where you fall on that. Again, it's just a, a way of studying hermeneutics and looking at the Bible. But as a dispensationalist, it makes it very easy. But then there's a second mystery. What's this other mystery that Paul's talking about here, right? So the, the church is a mystery. The second mystery here is he's talking about Jews and Gentiles being able to come to Christ the same way. It's a huge mystery because, again, remember, up to this point, they've been separated, right? Gentiles in, but again, God's chosen people. And again, it was to be a light to the world, to, to draw Gentiles in, but again, it wasn't the same path. And if you go back in the history, you look at Acts, there was a lot of struggles with that, right? They had a lot of t tough times that Gentile would come in like, oh, you're uncircumcised. Wait, you got to get circumcised. Oh, no, you can't sacrifice to idols and all these problems that came. And Paul would say, that mystery is now all laid aside. We all come to Christ now through Jesus altogether. It's not based on our heritage or where we come from. It's a beautiful thing. It brings it together. In fact, I, I found this quote from Dr. Tom, uh, yeah, Dr. Thomas Constable. And I love it. It says, the church is a multiracial, multicultural community. It's like beautiful tapestry. It comes together. Its members come from a wide range of colorful backgrounds. No other human community resembles it. Its diversity and harmony are unique. And if you read through Ephesians, you see that Paul over and over again is crying out the unity of the believers. Right? And you know what? I believe if Paul was here today, he would say the same message. Unity. Unity. You can be diverse. You can come from different backgrounds. You can have different things. You folks have done a good job from bringing in the New Englander here, I know. Right? Different cultures, right? But coming together and blending together. That unity, holding it together. But again, how do we do that? How do we do that? That's hard, right? When someone's different from us. They look different. They have a bad background or a different background. How do we do that? Well, guess what? Scripture talks about that. And Paul's going to use himself here as an example a little bit here. Verse 7. It says, I became a servant 
of this gospel by the gift of God's grace, given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the insertion riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for all ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Right? Again, he's talking about that mystery of Gentiles being able to come and Paul saying, hey, yeah, I was this prominent Jew, but it took God getting a hold of me to make that change. And he says, now I have a passion. That's what he's saying here. I have a passion to share with the Gentiles. God's given me that desire, that love to share the gospel, to preach the gospel. Right? You see the richness in that? You can even see it in the language that he's using, right? The unsearchable riches, the desire, the passion that comes out. Verse 10, he goes back to God. He says, God's intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purposes, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Right? When Christ came here on earth, died for our sins, and rose again, that was the eternal purpose. It changed everything. It's a big difference. It's a difference in how they were worshiping. It's a, di- a difference in the end here. Come to Christ. Right? Basically, heaven stands on end here. Show what Christ did to marvel at what now has been set place. Right? So it was all part of God's purpose. It was planned. I love it too because it talks about through the church, right? God's using the church, his bride. Had an interesting discussion with someone this week, and you know, I get them from every from time to time. People, I'm sure you hear it as well. People, you know, complain about a church or they've been wounded by a church, right? It happens, right? Can't can't deny it. Um, we probably all have been wounded in some way, but that doesn't neglect the fact that it's still God's bride. We still need it. The church is still important. It was established by God. And so as I was talking through with this person, I was trying to encourage him, you know, there's just no lone rangers out there. That's not a church. It's not a church of one, right? We need each other. We need the, the interaction. We need each other from our different backgrounds, our different gifts. I mean, I'm really thankful for the folks that were up here using their gifts this morning singing, right? And bringing us to that point where we could focus. And, and the songs were rich as well, those who wrote the songs. But there are many gifts that come together. And you don't get that by being one. Right? And again, it, the importance of church. And so, as Paul says, it comes through Christ. Christ is the one that established. Christ is the one for the reason we come. Verse 12. One of those ones I have underlined in my Bible. If you do that, this might be another one. It says, in him, through faith, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. You read real quick, you almost miss it here, right? Because of Jesus, through our faith in him, we get to approach God. Right? We had National Day of Prayer. We had National Day of Prayer this week, right? We can go directly to the Father and ask him directly. The 
how important that is? Right? That's not, that wasn't given to everyone. Not everyone had that option up until this point in time. But now we can do that as believers in Christ. We don't do it enough. Admittedly, I had one of those this week. <laughs> A hard lesson learned. Yes, I took my boat out on Monday. So it was a beautiful day. My boat was running well. Some of you are chuckling because I've told a few people already. And uh, boat's purring like a kitten. So I said, ah, I'll go around the corner, right? And so I go around the corner. It starts a couple times. It's working fine. I, I even fished. Guess what? But didn't catch anything, but that's okay. All of a sudden, I drift out into the middle of the lake, and guess what? My boat doesn't start. Now, it just must be a loose wire or something. I moved some batteries around, so I'm working on it. I got my head down in it, and meanwhile, the wind's blowing me across. And, of course, the boat launches on one side of the lake. I'm on the other side of the lake. And uh, all of a sudden now, I can't work on my boat anymore because I'm just trying to keep it from banging on the shore. Uh, like I said, it's getting windy, um, cold. So, and to top it off, my phone is dying. So I did manage to get a message to Ike. Ike, thank you for taking my call, so thankful for that, and I called a couple other people, and then I managed to get a message out to Brent, because I knew Brent had his boat in the water, I didn't have his in yet, because not all of us are stupid enough to go out early in the year without having their boats ready, and uh, Brent answered my, my, my mayday as well, and Landon as well, but meanwhile, time's going by, and three hours later, and after many, many tries, and bumping along the shore, I had this brilliant idea. No, I can't say that. I didn't. I prayed. A little slow. I know. You need to pray for your pastor. He's a little slow. And I, and I kid you not, I, I tried 20 plus times, and all of a sudden I reached over, and it turns over perfectly. And so <clears throat> I was able to start it, get across, get it up on the trailer, Meanwhile, poor Brent is out looking for me because I'd given him the wrong name of the lake, and so he's still one around. So I would still, probably still be out on the lake somewhere, you know. PJ would be upset because I didn't tell her what lake I was on. No. But, you know, a simple thing is praying. And, and God answered it, not because he had to, but because he said, you know what, child, you need this lesson. And so humbly I say, you know, he did answer that prayer, and I was able to get in. And thank you, men, for helping me. But, you know... To be able to go to the Father is something we take for granted, and sometimes even your pastor, and probably more often than he should, forgets that we have that, that option, we have that ability, we can go to the Father directly. And, so, and we can go there with confidence that God's going to answer, even the wayward fishermen. So, no. No, but you don't have a boat, Jeff, so, you, you know, I, sorry, Jeff, I... That wasn't you that I, yeah, no. Yeah, no, that was after the fact, yeah. I, the boat's fixed now. I may go out again this week and try my fate again, so. Anyways, back to the scriptures. All right, now I've humbled myself as far as I can stand, no. Verse 13, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. Paul brings it back to himself, and he, he says, you know, his sufferings, and we know that this letter was written when he was in prison, right? 
and the believers are, are distraught because he's there and they don't know that he's going to make it and they're not going to see him again and most likely um, depending on the timing we're not sure but you know many of them probably didn't see Paul again and he's just proclaimed how great God is and how God answers prayer and all this but Paul also knows that God's answer to prayer may be that he dies in prison right? he does but he says, don't be discouraged by that, right? He says, <clears throat> it's to your glory. He says, because he, he, Paul realizes that he had time with them, that he did get an opportunity to speak with them and to spend time with them to share and to share the good news. And so you see that hope in Paul. And then with that theme of prayer, we go into these next couple of verses. And I love this. Paul is now going to intercede for this church, these churches, these groups of churches, in this area, and he intercedes for them. Again, much like we did on Thursday as we interceded for our nation, we interceded those in, in workplaces. We prayed for a lot of you. We prayed for a lot of different things. We interceded on your behalf. But we have that, that right, that option as believers in Christ. And so verse 14 starts off with Paul's prayer. And it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name, right? Going back to creation, right? Going back to the Father who's over all, the foundation. Paul says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you will be rooted and established in love. I'm going to stop right there because there's just so much in this. I challenge you to go back and read through this prayer this week because, again, it's, 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 it's rich um, in many things, but it's, it also will help you in your walk. It really will. It will help you go a little bit deeper. But look at some of the things that are here. You're, you're acknowledging God, what God gives us, those glorious riches. And Paul's praying that they'll be strengthened. They'll be encouraged. Right? Given strength. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Beyond their human strength, it's that supernatural strength that he's praying for them. I love it here because you get, you know, we talk about the Trinity and people all say, well, the Trinity's not mentioned in the Bible. Well, we talk about God the Father, we talk about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but that's free to me. So and I love how that pulls all together here, right? But through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have strength when things are tough. You can have strength when things you're struggling. You can have strength when you don't know what to do, but Christ does. And so Paul's praying that for them, that they'll know that, be right down to their inner being, right to the, the soul, beyond the physical. Now, again, the imagery here, being rooted. You know, the idea is like rooted like a tree. I'm good at cutting trees off. I am terrible about getting stumps out. That's just not in my forte, right? And if you've ever taken a stump out, you know, right? It doesn't take a big tree, and those roots sometimes run really deep. And that's the thought here, that they run deep, they run long, they run wide, and they're holding on, they're grasping. But also with roots, it draws, right? It draws into it. These verses go very well with, John's verse was about the vine and abiding in the Father. The same thing that rooted. Rooted 
deeply. So on one side, established in love. You know, if you, unity Paul has on one side, the other side is love. He mixes the two very well because you know what? In order to be united, you need a lot of love. I can't believe no one said amen. Man, there we go. I would say, I set it up. I was like, that, no, no. But it's still true, right? That's what holds us together as believers in Christ is that love, that love that we can have for one another. But sometimes, I'll just say it, I need help. I need God's help to love certain people. Nobody in this room. All right, who said amen now? All right, no. I know who you're thinking. No, no. But isn't it true, right? We need that love. And we got to go beyond ourselves because we need that to come from Christ. And again, if we're not deep in his word and not reading and not in fellowship with him, we won't love. We won't love deeply. He said there's so much here. And then verse 18 goes on and says, may we have, may have the power together with all the saints to grasp, <clears throat> to grasp how wide, how long, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. It's beyond our comprehension, that love, right? You know, we sang in some of those songs, you sang about mercy, God's mercies, right? His mercies are new. We studied Amos, his compassion, right? All that encompasses part of his love. And it's beyond our imagination. It's beyond, it's how wide, how long, how deep. It's just, it's endless. His love for us. And we need that same access because we need to have that same type of love in order to love each other. Again, it says with all the saints. Again, that's believers in Christ. That's coming together and, and loving one another. PJ likes to say love lavishly, right? It's too big a word for me. I don't use it on a, on a regular basis. But you know, to love deeply, to go beyond what's normal, go beyond that part, to love the love of Christ. That sacrificial love, that agape love, that unconditional love encompasses all of that with those words. To go deep in that. Again, this is all part of Paul's prayer. Again, he's praying this for them. He wants them to have this. Right? And God wants us to have this today for us as well. It's the same thing. And then he ties a bow on it. And I like this because Paul kind of brings it back around here these next two verses. It's a benediction to his prayer, closing. And it says, Now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory to the church, in the church, and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All right? To him, right? To Christ. He's the one who's able to do immeasurably more. Beyond what we could do as a body of believers, beyond what we can do even as individuals, Christ wants to do through us. Right? Allowing Christ to do things in us takes us beyond ourselves. And that's a great place to be. That's a great spot to be in when you know that Christ is the only one that can do those things. Because it's, it's, it's beyond us. Right? It's immeasurable. It's more. It's not within our own strength, or our own power, our own conjure up. But it's Christ working in us, working through us. 
I always say it's, a, it's amazing when Christ uses us because not that he has to, he doesn't. He doesn't need us. It's a humbling thing, but Christ does not need us. But yet he chooses to use us. What a blessing, what an encouragement that is because really we have nothing to offer, but he has everything and yet he chooses to do that. And so he says through his power, the work in us. Don't miss this next part though. Who gets the glory? Right? Christ. Yeah, some of you say it, right? Christ. Don't ever, don't miss that. That's a, that's a key point, right? Don't give ourselves the glory, but to Christ be the glory. He gets that, right? And not just for that generation, throughout all generations. And I believe that that was for us today, just that reminder that these words go beyond that, right? Through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So hopefully that just gives you a little encouragement and Again, maybe this week, take a little bit of a deeper walk. Take a little bit deeper time, right? Certainly, how do we do that? We can pray, right? Pray. Pastor needs to pray more. Uh, we, I admitted that earlier, right? But, but pray. Pray deeply. Certainly, intercede, but pray also for yourself, right? That's what Paul, pray for yourself. Pray that I go deeper. Pray that God uses me this week. Pray that I love the way that God wants to love. Part of this comes through our knowledge, right? It talks about our knowledge through God's word. Study this week. Look back through this passage. Maybe it's a good time to start and work through all of Ephesians. But study. Look at God's word. We're blessed. We have God's word given to us. We don't have pieces of it. We have the whole thing compiled together. Third one, listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen, right? Guilty of this, right? I'm good at praying one way. I think I've mentioned this, right? But not listening. Don't wait for the answer. Listen. Just spend that time. Get yourself quiet and just listen to the Holy Spirit. And then remember that you're not alone, right? You have brothers and sisters in Christ that are praying for you, that are cheering you on, that want to be with you. You have those as a resource as well. And again, even though we have some differences, we can be united. And the beautiful imagery of the tapestry. The passion to share with others, right? You know, Paul, at the beginning of this, had that, that passion to share with the Gentiles, right? Passion to, to share the gospel. I encourage you the same thing. Have that passion to share. You may even have someone in mind. Pray for them. Look for an opportunity to share the good news. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we took some time this morning to look at Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Lord, which is really a letter to all of us. Lord, may we go deeper in our walk with you. May we love each other deeper. Lord, may we not see our differences as something to battle over, but something that we can unite around. Lord, continue to use us. Use us throughout the week, Lord, but also use us here at Point Way. That we would be an encouragement, that we would lift each other up, we'd walk alongside as brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for all this. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Ryan, can I get you back for a minute? Can I have one second more? All right. I'm not getting him back. I'm just kidding. But I am going to get...
Ike, would you come up here for a minute, please? I wanted to, as you know, we, last week we voted for elders, and we have elected two new elders. Steve and Joe have come on as elders, and with that, um, Ike is coming off as an elder, and I just wanted to give him this card for him and Ambria to say thank you. Um, Ike stayed on much longer than his term uh, to help us out, and we really appreciate that and appreciate your service and, uh, and want to say thank you. So thank you, Ike. Thanks, man.